The Forward Thinker Show is available wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, it's Coral, and welcome to the Forward Thinker Show, the podcast where we share the stories and expertise of global leaders in business and technology. Today, we're joined by Jose Osorio, a UKG sales intern and founder and entrepreneur of Consistent 360, a career coaching business to help international students get jobs. Yes. Yes. Welcome, Jose, to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate it. Thank yeah. you for having me on. This is this is great. I feel like uh, a lot of people when they think of tech, they don't think of a salesperson, but there's there's so much there's so much there's so much importance in in sales. It's so important. But I want to start off. Yeah. Where are you absolutely. from? How do you where'd you grow up? Yeah. Where are you from? Uh so yeah, just a little bit more about myself. Uh I was born in Medellin, Colombia. Mm, um, Medellin. Like yeah. like what is it? Carol not Carol yeah. G. Carol Carol G. Carol G. Maluma J Balvin. Just Medellin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was born there and mm-hmm. I lived um, in Medellin until I was five years old mm-hmm. and I moved here in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it w- it was great. Honestly, I go every so often. Um, most of my family's still there, but um, every day I'm always thinking about the people over there. Mm-hmm. It's my prime motivator. Uh, and everything that I do, but yeah, ever since that, I've been here in the U.S. since I was five years old, and just doing my best and yeah. looking for opportunities for me and myself yeah. and, and my family. Yeah, but like here in Miami, it's it's kind of special because it's not the U.S. It's kind of yes. Miami. It's its own country, honestly. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that. <laughs> it literally is. I completely agree. Yeah. So you came to Miami when you were five years old, and you came to FIU. Um, how is it that you got interested into the tech world? Like, how, how did that happen? Well, absolutely, I wasn't before. Mm. Just to be completely honest, a little bit more about my background, I used to play baseball. I was mm. a pitcher. I played um, baseball since I was 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Played all throughout high school, and that was my biggest dream, right? That was my biggest dream since I was, you know, 12, 13. I, that's all I wanted to do. All I did, watch videos, played, played video games. Um, but... Once I got into high school, I started getting better in school, started get, getting a better education, and I was doing okay in both until I had to get to a point in my, my life where I had to realize what was going to get me more potential, mm-hmm. more impact, which ended up being my education. Um, I also ended up injuring my arm, my, oh my, my, own, my shoulder, so I had to end up quitting baseball, and honestly, I learned many great lessons for it. I absolutely loved it, but... Now coming into FIU as a freshman mm-hmm. um, in 2022, in my, the summer of 2022, I had to kind of make a decision of what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And I was originally going to be a sports management major, wow. which a lot of um, baseball or a lot of students that do uh, um, sports here in any collegiate level, mm-hmm. they ended up doing that major because one, it's a great access to get into sports after they graduate or it's not as hard as other majors. So they have more time to focus, right? So... I knew that wasn't going to be the path for me, <laughs> so in a couple months I had to switch majors, then I went into international business, and mm-hmm. I think it was a good change because it was a very broad field. I mean, international business, we're in Miami, it's, yeah. you know, there's it's, so many it's things. It's perfect so fit. Exactly. So I did that, I changed, and I started going into all the clubs here at FIU, mm-hmm. Alpha, the Sales Society, AMA, so many more that I don't remember <laughs> the name, Startup FIU, if you count that as well, but... Mm-hmm. 
Um, just trying to engulf myself into as many different fields or industries to see what I would like mm-hmm. or what I think would be the best at. And after, what, maybe a year of looking, I was finally able to get an internship with um, UKG, mm-hmm. which to do HR and payroll software. So essentially, they, um, they're a company that anytime you get a check, they're the one that processes it, or also on the talent acquisition and recruiting side. So they're big, big on tech, and mm-hmm. their headquarters are here in Weston, actually. Wow. Um, but I had no clue I was going to get myself into that or to sales in general. <laughs> it just... I had to make a decision quickly in my life on where I was going to go and it ended up being in sales. So it was just out of curiosity, going into clubs, meeting people, networking. That's where I actually ended up being there. So, Yeah, that's great. And, and during your time at, at UKG, they, they sort of taught you on how to sell software. I'm, I'm kind of curious because I think for me, I'm a computer science student, so I'm, I'm very much like behind the scenes of yeah. like building the product. But the best, the like, there's no product if you can't sell it correctly. Correct. So do you know what is the process of selling software? Well, yeah, that's a very good question. And um, I think that when when you're selling B2B, um, mm-hmm. these are deals worth millions of dollars, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're doing enterprise deals. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, they're harder to sell, right? Um, mm-hmm. Typically, a lot of businesses here in Miami, they're B2C, you know, business business to consumers. And mm-hmm. once I got into that world, it was completely different. And it was a lot of change, right? So typically, um, once we got our training and I started getting more kind of involved in it, I kind of understood how it broke it down. So let's say you get a company. Mm-hmm. I'm giving you an example. In Michigan or California, they have between 500 to 1,000 employees, and that can be a contract that's worth a million dollars. So that sales process can take anywhere from three months to nine months and even a year because of the amount of employees Mm -hmm. and the size or other headquarters or locations that they may have throughout the country. So the first point of contact are BDRs, right? Mm -hmm. And business development reps, really their main focus is calling. Mm-hmm. prospecting and really trying to get an appointment mm-hmm. for the account executive to get a discovery call and wow. even before that um they're organizing many events throughout the u.s mm-hmm. inviting people to football games baseball games um we even had an event where we had to um cook so it was wow. fun yeah so ukg is very um they try to expand as much as they can mm-hmm. just get people to understand a little bit more about the product and kind of goes into the pipeline of that so let's say a bdr ends up booking an appointment with the person in michigan per se then in the next call it'll be a discovery meeting between the account executive and the other people in the other um company so Mm -hmm. typically those calls are between 45 minutes to an hour and it's just really kind of when you go to a doctor Mm -hmm. and you're going there to kind of diagnose your needs or Mm -hmm. diagnose your issues so very open question tell me a bit more about the company what do Mm -hmm. you guys do um, so it's just the strategies of getting them to open up. And once mm-hmm. they give you, okay, well, we're looking to increase revenue, but we had one problem. Um, we're having a lot of turnover. Oh, what do you mean by turnover? Oh, tell me more about that. So when they, one key that I, I've learned, and of course I'm not doing it because <laughs> I'm an intern, but from mm-hmm. what I've listened, mm-hmm. is that it's really just, they say something, you hear it, you answer, and then you go from there. Just mm-hmm. seeing what they give you, take it from there, and just expanding and expanding. Um, one thing that our professors here at FIU, they always say is just to peel the layers of the onion, mm-hmm. right? So if they tell you, yeah, we've had a little problem of turnover, that initially in my head mm-hmm. is triggering, oh, 
well, we can help with compliance. We can help with more talent acquisition. And that's something that HR for mm-hmm. UKG offers. So uh, those discovery calls go like that between 45 to minutes to an hour. And then from there is just as I was telling you before, getting as much information, getting as much information. Why? Because everything that you gather from that call is extremely important because the next step is to schedule a demo, right? Mm. And here, the sales engineer or what they call a UKG, uh, they're pre-sale solution consultants, right? Mm. So their job is to give a demonstration of the product completely. So top down based on the needs that were gathered on the discovery meeting. Mm-hmm. So basically on that call, you'll schedule it out with the person if they thought it would be a good fit. That person, which is called the pre-sales technology consultant, gives the demonstration for, it could be an hour, it could be two hours. If wow. it's different locations, different laws, maybe they're a multinational company and mm-hmm. different um, countries, then mm-hmm. there's demos separately for different laws. Wow. Right, because when you're dealing with sensitive information and HR, mm-hmm. uh, it's important that things are get uh, are right, mm-hmm. especially for legal issues. Also, mm-hmm. data they they can be data breaches. Yeah. So, um, really, the pre-sales um, technology consultant's responsible to be doing that, while the account executive is answering any questions. So, from there, let's say they continue doing demos, they continue liking the process. That can last anywhere between one or two months, depending on how fast things move because again the other people are also evaluating competitors so mm-hmm. in the space there's oracle there's ceridian there's mm-hmm. paycor paychecks paycom mm-hmm. so th- there's a lot of competition which of course all of these companies are great as well mm-hmm. it's just some companies have different needs some companies have different things that they need and yeah if you can g can offer that then hopefully it will be the correct fit so that can again last between anywhere to two to three months so once you have four to five months of a process, they agree, then that's where the negotiation of the pricing starts. Ooh. And then from there, that's where it's pretty much making yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's make it or break it because um really all these products offer very similar technologies. It's really how you position yourself mm-hmm. if you can give you them discount, if you can kind of upgrade the deal with more uh, let's say locations using mm-hmm. the HR or or payroll technology. So from that point, is really it could come down to price. It could be down c- coming down if you like the salesperson in mm-hmm. general. Um, the length of the contract mm-hmm. that goes more into legal stuff, but that's pretty much how it would go in B two B. That's for a mid to enterprise level company. There's deals that can go for two to three years. Oh my god! Because typically these contracts are from two to three years. Wow. Uh, but then there's small business, mm-hmm. right? Which could be a hundred employees or less, which could be done in a month. Mm-hmm. that back-to-back weeks everything gets done discovery call demo another demo negotiation pricing and the mm-hmm. deal gets closed wow so it, it varies but mm-hmm. of course when you're in mid to, to mm-hmm. enterprise levels that's where the most commission checks will be coming in for the sales mm-hmm. reps and then like in the demo do they use like the actual application like the real software or do they use like do they show like a powerpoint with a video like how does that work okay good question and Really, in that demo, that's why the discovery call is so crucial because mm-hmm. everything that is said in that in that call is mm-hmm. tailored to the demo. Oh. So pretty much from what I've seen in a couple of demos that I've attended, you grab the logo, mm-hmm. you grab the colors, you make the application. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much tailoring everything that you can to the product, mm-hmm. uh, to, to the company. Okay. So it's like, do they, they don't manipulate the software, actually. They just change it in like a powerpoint or 
Uh, no, so <laughs> usually they have a way of kind of giving them access oh. to how it will work. So you know how when you're on Zoom, you can share your screen? Mm -hmm. So pretty much what the pre-sales consultant would do would be like, hey, guys, well, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to share my screen and mm. show you how everything will function mm -hmm. based on your business. So mm. he would share his screen, but it's UKG's mm. software. So then the company they're trying to sell to has their logo, their colors, their specific needs. If they need a lot of talent acquisition mm -hmm. or they have issues with um, clocking in and out because they have um, mm -hmm. employees doing many different type of shits, mm -hmm. uh, ships. So if that's the that's the point, then that's what they'll be, they'll be doing. Yeah, so. I guess the thing, that the difference between like selling uh, like a pro like a physical product and selling software is that you really have to pay attention to how it, like what problems the company has and how this software can help them. Yes, yes, yeah. it's really connecting those two things. And at, at the end of the day, when when you're selling that type of software, it's mm -hmm. really listening to the person and mm -hmm. letting them talk. I mean, I, I'd say that sales is just leaning back, mm -hmm. listening to them as best as you can, mm -hmm. uh, and just asking the best questions, asking questions that one will help them get to the end result, cause a little pain, mm -hmm. and yeah. So how do you handle objections? One of the rep business representatives, they're like, oh, is this really how this software works? I don't, how, what if I just use another company's software? Like, what, what makes this better? Like, what, how do you handle, like, the different types of objections? Well, um, in UKG, I know that they usually use a, not a selling approach, it's more mm -hmm. consultative. So, if someone gives you an objection, you... You have to reside with them. You have to be empathetic. And mm -hmm. I think that's in general sales that when someone, that if that's, how, that's how they feel, you mm -hmm. get empathized. So, Mr. Customer, I understand how you feel. And with all honesty, other customers felt the same way. Um, really, when we're going through a process like this, it's okay to feel this way. Mm -hmm. But here's how I can help you. So, let's say if they give you an objection mm -hmm. on, oh, well, other companies can offer me the same, you can kickstart and give them well you, you you have a good point they can offer the same but tailored to a small business like you we have this this and that x mm. and y z not only that we could offer a better price so mm -hmm. you'll be getting a better deal both ways because um there's companies for example like adp right mm -hmm. where they focus more on small businesses mm -hmm. right uh so company that has 25 employees 15 20 employees ADP is going to be the biggest competitor in that. Mm -hmm. UKG's software is tailored to employees that has 100, or to companies that have 100 or more employees. So mm -hmm. really, every company is different, but from what I've seen and from the deals that I've encountered working with my mentors, mm -hmm. working with um, my account executives, is we're working with people that have 900, oh, 90 to more than employees. So mm -hmm. really, if it's a company that has less than that, other softwares are better tailored to that. Because if you have a, a business deal mm -hmm. and you see that you can realistically can't help the customer, mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make sense to do that deal. Because at the end of the day, both parties are going to end up hurting. UKG and the money-wise, they won't receive as much money. Mm -hmm. And then the other company, they won't have as much benefit since it's a small business. Mm -hmm. So it just really depends on the software. Um, it depends on what type of business it is. But mm -hmm. there's millions of businesses in America. So there's mm -hmm. always someone to there's go out always for. And everyone's always increasing or decreasing, so there's upsells and side, you know, yeah, there's just so many things. So many things. I, I guess something that I was thinking about is you, you work a lot with international students, and you're also international as well. Do you feel like 
coming from your cultural background, has that has that helped you in your sales at, at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to give you a little perspective, when my parents came to the United States, um, mm -hmm. my dad was working at a pizza shop, pizza shop wow. telemarketing, same thing with my mom. They would have three to four jobs in between both of them. And it's uh, that kind of drive and that persistency that you have to continue going to attribute to your family and, and help them out in any way, it sticks to sales because mm -hmm. the name of a game of, of sales is just numbers, repetition, mm -hmm. and just pure volume and following up, following up. If they tell me no one week, then I'll tell them yes. <laughs> they'll, they'll tell me yes in the next month. Yeah. Right? Because sometimes, for example, these contracts, again, they're three years long. Mm -hmm. They may like you, but they're physically bounded by a contract. Mm -hmm. Once that contract ends, who's going to end up calling you if you did a good job prospecting, mm -hmm. right? So at the end of the day, for, for sales, when, when you're making calls and everything is just being a human, mm -hmm. sometimes not being robot, robotic yeah. and doing the same thing, just understanding them. But yeah. I, yeah. I, I guess because in, in Hispanic cultures, we're a bit more conversational, we're more relational. And so when we're listening to someone talk about their problems, even if it's business problems, we can actually relate and, and like help yeah. them understand better. Because in American culture, it tends to be, I, I, I like to say, a bit more individualistic. Yes. I found. So... It, I feel like, let's say you're from Colombia, is your family, like your that process, it's helped you in your sales journey. Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. yes. I mean, since I was a kid, mm -hmm. uh, I've never been the most outspoken or really? the most outgoing, but I know how to kind of turn it on and off. If mm. I'm doing my homework, if I'm in my desk, I'm focused, I'm putting on my hoodie, my glasses and everything, and mm -hmm. I don't know about the the outer world you mm -hmm. know, type of thing. Um but when it's my time, such as right now, mm -hmm. and I have to be outgoing, I have to smile, I have to be charismatic, I know how to turn it on and off. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a good mix because if you're too shy, then mm -hmm. being in a sales role can't, it'd be really hard for you to fit in, mm -hmm. right? Because you're always talking to people, you always kind of have to be intrusive, interrupting, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're too outgoing, you may cross the line as well yeah. when it can get to a personal you know, level as yeah. well. So, yeah. I mean, being Hispanic and being in that culture where everyone's um, uh, family's a or very important part. Family oriented. Where, you know, you're always speaking to someone, everyone's saying good morning, mm -hmm. good afternoon. I mean, it's just things that you see there. I think it's a huge advantage because, one, if you're in Miami, you're going to have a very similar experience. Yeah, everyone uh -huh. knows each other here. Exactly. For some reason. <laughs> exactly. And then when you go up north or you're making calls up north, it can serve you very well as well because mm -hmm. they see that you're making the effort, that mm -hmm. you're talking to them, you're, you're going the extra mile when other uh, reps, you know, may not be doing that, mm -hmm. right? So I think the, the charismatic part of you is always going to help you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know you work a lot with Consistent 360. You work a lot with um, international students. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of, when it comes to getting like jobs for international students, I, I, I've heard that they, it's hard for them. Yes. Could you explain more about like the problems that they're facing right now? Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, what I do in my business is I help um, students in Latin America with the college admissions process, helping them apply to their dream mm -hmm. colleges here scholarships helping them be more productive student and kind of get mm. adjusted to the life here mm -hmm. and also with the internships right how they can prepare professionally and the thing is that it's not per se easy to get an f1 visa but it's the most usual way right mm -hmm. you apply to a four-year degree here in the united states 
you get your I-20, you present it to the um, you know, the people in the government of your country, and then you get um, your F-1 visa. But that visa is available for four years. Wow. Right? So um, if students don't start preparing early and don't start getting exposure to different companies or mm-hmm. different networking events or um, or jobs and experiences in general, by the time they're in their junior or senior year, it can be very hard for them to even find an internship or a job that offers to either pay for their green card mm-hmm. or fair, pay for their OPT for an extra year. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, my recommendation and the reason why I help students uh, with the all, throughout this whole process is that if they come prepared already to the U.S., mm-hmm. by the time they're in their freshman year, they have three years at least to prepare, to get experiences, to have internships, mm-hmm. to network with key individuals that have those funds to be able to help them out. Yeah. And that's really where I focus. And Because in general, it's, it's very hard it's to very stay hard. here. It's very hard to stay here. But if, if you do the preparation right and you're not lazy mm-hmm. and um, really have that drive to go to the clubs, mm-hmm. get a job in school, once you get a job in school then you can apply to fellowships or internships, right? Mm-hmm. Or a research program. Once you do the research program, they didn't they rejected you from the internship, but the next summer they did. Mm-hmm. Or you stayed in contact with the recruiter. There's just so many ways about it. Mm-hmm. Um, using LinkedIn. LinkedIn's such a great tool because I can get in touch. You know, you're from Dominican Republic. Yeah. I can get in touch with professionals in Dominican Republic right now. Mm-hmm. I can send them a message, connect with them. Mm-hmm. Say that, hey, I'm interested in what you do in Dominican Republic. I like... Um, the operations for business. Can we set up a 10-minute chat? I'm giving you an example top yeah. of my mind, but it's just you can get so creative with it that mm-hmm. the opportunities are endless. It's just yeah. students be ab- being able to prepare. And that's where I bring in my expertise and what I've accumulated these past three years and a half of just preparing, mm-hmm. getting your resume ready, getting a LinkedIn, starting content, building your personal brand, because those things are 90% of students are not doing it. No, so it, I, what it we're doing right now, it's very hard to find. It's a very small mm-hmm. group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, on LinkedIn, there's a billion users, but only 1% create content. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, So there's that makes me feel better. <laughs> yeah, so even if you just like post a little bit about your interests, it can help you a lot. And that, that is something that international students don't even know. And there's so much benefit, as we said earlier, to from coming from a Latin American background, how you can get a job and exactly. things like that, like sales, for example, having those sort of employees in your company, because not only do they understand something, but they understand something in a different language as yes. well. Like, mm-hmm. think about that. You come into a country and you're an expert, but not only are you an expert, but you're an expert and you can say it in two languages. Yes. That is massive business opportunity. That's, mm-hmm. I, I think that. It's it's good that you're doing this right now because right now we're in Miami. Such an international community in and of itself. In an FIU, mm-hmm. go Panthers. <laughs> we're an international community as well. I want to pivot the conversation into something else. I want to hear what your thoughts are on the Miami tech scene because you've worked in the South Florida tech ecosystem I need to, I need to hear your perspectives because I'm, I'm curious yeah well I'm telling it to the camera and telling it to you but I'd say that Miami is going to be the best city in the United States in the next 10 years and the wow. reason why is one the tech um, mm-hmm. For example, Jeff Bezos just moved down. Yeah, here. Jeff Bezos just moved down um, here. Uh, Emerge they got um, funded from uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So um, <laughs> many companies are moving their headquarters down here in mm-hmm. New York, uh, San Francisco, Chicago, 
many hedge funds as well, finance. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at, I, I read this the other day, mm-hmm. um, New York lost $1 trillion worth of money mm-hmm. or worth of business, and I think it was in 2023 alone. Wow. And most of it went down to Miami. Wow. And the reason why I say is because, one, the weather, I mean, if you look outside, it is raining a little it bit. It is raining a little but bit. But <laughs> we're, we're 70 degrees right now, mm-hmm. right? And then there's cities right now that are under snow they're wow. under blizzards right so the economy is always running here there's always something um mm-hmm. i think it's a hustlers um community that's one thing yeah then the real estate market here is absolutely great mm-hmm. um it's one of the best markets in the u.s uh even though it is a little bit of ex- expensive mm-hmm. um, real estate in miami there's hundreds of condos being built right now yeah for people not only that want to move here in the U.S., but mm-hmm. also international, internationally. So all of these aspects, plus taxes, there's yeah. no personal income taxes here in Florida. Um, apart from Texas or other states like Nevada, there's not a lot of con- uh, states to have that, mm-hmm. right? So putting all those things together, people that have a lot of money, companies, they, they want to move down here for those reasons, mm-hmm. right? And after COVID, um, what was the name of it? Yeah, New York mm-hmm. and San Francisco, for example, which were the biggest tech hubs, right? Mm-hmm. They lost a lot of people. They lost a lot of um, players, big players in the community because of COVID as well. Yeah, and the, the layoffs. The layoffs and everything. So Miami kind of serves... <laughs> Miami kind of serves like a wind of new opportunity of freshness mm-hmm. of what Silicon Valley or New York used to be. Mm-hmm. So, But e- even, yeah. even then, even if you don't want to live in miami there is a lot of talent and international talent really good international talent that comes from miami so you can get a really good pool of talent of people who can speak two languages or more and then you can bring them to your city so they can miamify your city too yes yes (laughs) yeah get all of that experience because it's it's like I don't want this to seem like we're hating on San Francisco or New York. We love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> we love you guys. We're just saying that there's a lot of opportunity mm-hmm. from coming in, and there's a lot of opportunity from bringing people out, yeah. too. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's cycles. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, um, if you look at it, New York was the best city in the mm-hmm. 80s and the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And then San Francisco came around with everything that has to do with tech. Mm-hmm. You have the Facebooks, you have the Apples, they're always there, right? And it cycles, right? Mm-hmm. It's Miami's time now. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, another big city that's growing, for example, is um, in Nashville. A lot wow. of people are going there as well. Austin, Texas as well. It's mm-hmm. growing. Dallas. And these are these are cities that have a lot of young people moving in. They mm-hmm. want cheaper prices. Um, there's just a lot of opportunity. Whereas cities like new york or chicago or san francisco it's already already saturated right but again if you know how to move yourself in these cities you make connections Mm -hmm. you can still be successful in new york and san francisco like for for example this year Mm -hmm. is my first time going to new york i'm going in may and that's my dream since i was a little kid and if i ever have the opportunity to live there i'll absolutely take it yeah right because again new york is still the capital of the world it is still the king in finance there's wall street right Mm -hmm. all the banks are there so Mm -hmm. it's still the place to be at where it comes to money Mm -hmm. right but miami's growing Mm -hmm. miami's getting there and eventually i feel that in 10 years 20 years we'll have a great majority share i feel i feel like there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna be 
using like both places or like living in yes. two, both places like mm-hmm. miami and one one time of the year and then their home the other time of the year exactly yeah. it's a great combination i yeah. mean if if i can do that i I'll definitely you'll probably when you're when you're when your business scales <laughs> exactly and well, then that comes also with the remote lifestyle i mean yeah um everything that i like to do is remote mm-hmm. i think that um even though it isolates people a little mm-hmm. bit, I feel like the business opportunities of working remote, of having digital companies is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and having wha- a soft software companies. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, for example, um, mm-hmm. you just brought that up. For UKG, a lot of the sales reps are remote. Wow. And why? Because you're hopping on Zoom calls every single day. You're meeting new people on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the things that we did before the pandemic, they, they aren't happening as much, right? Mm-hmm. And companies have found that this has been way more productive because mm-hmm. imagine if you have to travel to, for example, Chicago for mm-hmm. a business meeting, right? You can have three days worth of business meetings without a trip mm-hmm. physically, right? So that's just one thing. Of course, when you're closing million dollar deals you have to go visit the people in person but in terms of productivity i think remote really really amps up a lot of things um and then again for my personal business mm-hmm. um i've had a lot of conversations with many people about this and mm-hmm. even my dad that he has in his own but i think that when you have a digital business you're really tapping in into what the world would be like one day especially with ai and mm-hmm. everything going digital um, social media mm-hmm. and if you can get an expertise on that and do something different that doesn't have to be the corporate route then there's a lot of opportunities there yeah well. that sounds good well i w- i want to like finalize go over your thoughts you, you we talked about you know selling software and like how to do it we talked about the importance of having international talent and even though yes. and, and and you understand the struggles of having international mm-hmm. talent and we also t- talked about miami and the miami scene and <laughs> you should come to miami come to emerge <laughs> or, or yeah. something like that yeah so i love this conversation um i guess you you your business about like helping international students what would you say would what what would you say to them right now so that they can feel like inspired to because you've let me rephrase the question sorry you've done a lot right you've gotten to where you are because of like you have your own business you have your yeah. content you have your 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 internship like all of that mm-hmm. how what advice would you have to someone so that they could have that level of success that's a great great question one thing that i always say is just in order to be successful in life is how you position yourself how you're moving your um call it like a chessboard. Mm-hmm. how are you moving your pieces every day strategically everything that you have to do has to be calculated mm-hmm. um and it's important to take risks but when you're taking risks just make sure that they're on the right path um what i mean by calculated is that if i am projecting to do something in three years mm-hmm. everything that i do has to have a purpose right mm-hmm. so my biggest dream, again, as I've told you before, is that I want to be one of the biggest and most successful entrepreneurs here in South Florida, right? That's wow. what I want to do, wow. right? But in order to do so, I need to move in unity, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm doing right now is that I'm acquiring the right skills to be able to complete that and to be able to do that in three to five years. So mm-hmm. what? Digital marketing. I'm acquiring sales skills. 
um, acquiring knowledge about the education industry, also about real estate, because that's one thing here in Miami, right? Mm -hmm. Learning how to persuade, how to think. It's just, it's endless ways of just self-developing, self-education, 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 and that's things that people simply don't do. Mm -hmm. And if you're part of that one to 5% of people that just self-educate, consume books, read um, read articles, listen to podcasts, it's, it's going to put you ahead over everyone. Yeah. So yeah, every move that, I, that I'm doing right now, it's strategic to be able to, to get to my end point. So once I get a good job, mm-hmm. I want to learn as much as I can mm-hmm. in that place to be able to use it and utilize it for my business. Yeah. Um, so it's just as simple as that, just making all your decisions your decision strategic in order for an end goal. Mm-hmm. Like if you tell me right now that you want to, I don't know, <laughs> you want to own a museum right now <laughs> uh, in, in 20 years, right? Giving you a wild example, how can you position yourself to own a museum Mm -hmm. one major in history so you can know Mm -hmm. how to understand history all the things that you read about Mm -hmm. has to be about history then step two get a good paying job Mm -hmm. right they'll pay you a lot of money it Mm -hmm. can be in somewhere related in that field where you can start acquiring capital in order to start saving up to buy the artwork to buy the Mm -hmm. museum you know what i mean so once you do that then you can multiply the money Mm-hmm. So how can you multiply the money? You have to learn how to invest. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's strategic moves that move you around throughout your years to be able to get your end point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what you said today is so important. Just having purposeful, um, you know, I, I, what I'm getting out for the whole thing is like we're, it's all about perp- being purposeful in your actions, whether yes. that's in sales, software sales, whether that's in, prof- in professional development, whether that's for international students, whether that's for you know living in miami it's always having a purpose and being strategic about it so i love that thank you so much jose i think we learned a lot today i I think thank you a a lot of people underestimate young people and like their intelligence but i think you're pretty you're pretty (laughs) you're you're pretty you're in that one percent my guy i mean (laughs) you know it's um again it's just how do you do it yourself yeah really it's it's that all it's just Mm -hmm. putting your head down Putting in the work and mm-hmm. just, um, I read this in a book called the Atomic Habits. It's just, you have a goal and it's how do you develop your systems every single day? How do you develop mm-hmm. the steps towards that? And really, if you want to be an astronaut, if you want to be in finance, if you want to be a police officer, mm-hmm. whatever it can be, it's just, it comes down to your daily habits. Really Everything does. that comes down. That's your foundation. So if you say you're going to do something, if you say that, mm-hmm. for example, you're going to work out 365 days in a row, do it, right? Because mm-hmm. if you can't promise yourself that, how are you going to promise yourself once you're a business owner mm-hmm. and you're responsible for five payrolls and you're responsible for spending $1,000 on ads? Say what you want to mean. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's my biggest thing for 2024. If I tell myself I need to wake up every day at 630, I have to do it. I can't make it happen. Right. And it's just that coming down to the foundations of your habits. Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you so much, Jose. Um, Now I'm going to give you the floor so you can promote anything. How can people reach you so they can pick your brain a little bit more? Absolutely. Can I look at the camera? Yes, you can look at the camera now. (laughs) So everyone, thank you so much for just listening. Um, 
I really appreciate you for having mm-hmm. me on. I think this is a wonderful experience. And I mean, I've done my own episodes. I have my own podcast as well. Ooh, um, promote it. <laughs> yes. And it's my first time being on one. So it's really nice experience to just be able to talk to someone as expertise that you are in this and, and <laughs> tech. And I'm really thankful. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more about myself. Yes. If you want to learn a little bit more about what I do, um, you can hit me up on Instagram, on my YouTube, on my LinkedIn. Everything's Jose Osorio Suarez. Um, there you can find a little bit more about my content uh really what i do to help students and also a little bit more about my business called consistent 360 which that's the name of it on instagram and essentially that's my side overall in general what my family and i do i have the and the education is that we help families in in latin america come to united states and gain a legal status through real estate investing Mm -hmm. so pretty much my father and my mother work on is that um through the power of LLCs and corporations and being able to build um, these structures up, people can invest here in the United States and be able to get a legal status, which Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother topic. You're a student that wants to come to the United States. I'm your guy for that. If you're Mm -hmm. a parent, um, a family that eventually want to move to the United States one day, I can help you out with that. But the power of education, real estate, and the future of Miami I'm telling you guys, it's it's definitely going to be possible. And it's going to become one of the best cities in the United States and in the world. And, um, yeah, that's that's really that's what it. I can say. Find me on my, my Instagram, Jose Osorio Suarez, on my LinkedIn. Have it the same name on that. And I really hope that this podcast and this episode helped a lot of people and that of you course. guys enjoyed it as much as you yeah. can. This, this, yeah. This is going to help a lot of people, man. Thank you. And of course. Yay. Thank you for listening to The Forward Thinkers Show.